Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now listening to the Fantasy Baseball Hour with Al Melchior. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the show and welcome to the second half. I think we can call it that, even though there's no games tonight or today or tomorrow during the day at all. Got to wait uh, more than 24 hours until Thursday night to see some game action. And really, then it starts in earnest on Friday. But here we are on Wednesday. We are starting our second half here on the Fantasy Baseball Hour. Again, thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Al Melchior. Uh, just as yesterday, uh, unfortunately, I had to, to uh, move forward without uh, Matt Modica, unfortunately, on the show. Uh, I had a guest all lined up for today who uh, had to, uh, had to uh, take a, a rain check, and hopefully uh, we'll have this guest on sometime really soon. Uh, I'll be excited when we can have him on, uh, and hopefully I can tell you why uh, he didn't join us today, but we'll have to wait on that. Uh, anyways, so you got me here for the next hour. Uh, got a lot to talk about. We'll look back a little bit at uh, Tuesday night's All-Star Game, won by the American League. Uh, we will uh, check in on what's going on with Manny Machado. And by the time I start talking about that, and you know, maybe four or five minutes or so, could be completely different than what the status quo is right now. So uh, I'm eager to to see uh, what that status quo is. Uh, you know, once we get uh, to, to later in the show, uh, it's certainly been. Uh, an up and down 24 hours, just like the 24 hours before that and the 24 hours before that and so on. Uh, so, yeah, we'll talk more about Manny Machado. Uh, if you did not tune in to Tuesday's show and you want to listen to a breakdown of what it would mean if Manny Machado does go to the Dodgers, uh, I went I went uh, pretty deep in on that and uh, certainly spent, I think I spent the better part of a, of a segment breaking that down in terms of what it means for Machado, what it would mean for the Dodgers, what it would mean for the Orioles. Uh, so still in play. Uh, I'm not going to repeat that uh, on, on today's show, but uh, you may want to check that out if you haven't done so already. Uh, we have a few other news items as well. It's not just all about Manny Machado. Uh, and then also, uh, I do want to forge ahead into the second half here, and the first way I'm going to do that is by looking at the rotations that have been lined up for this coming weekend. And um, last that I looked, that there were still some teams that had not uh, you know, finished that task. Uh, so we'll, we'll take a look at the teams that have uh, uh, named their starters for uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, or in the case of the Cardinals and Cubs, it would be including Thursday. But actually, those two teams have not finished setting their rotations for the week. So uh, we'll skip over that. But uh, a lot of teams have set their rotations for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So hopefully that'll be very helpful to those of you who are playing in a league where you're just going to be changing your lineup after the weekend and not going uh, the 11 days from Thursday 
until a week uh, till Sunday. Imagine that is a lot of you. That's certainly me for some of my leagues, but not all of my leagues. So, uh, yeah, we'll take the first look at how lineups, uh, or I'm sorry, how rotations line up. Uh, and yet we don't talk about how lineups rotate, but I, I digress here. So we're going to look at, at the rotations and see who's not pitching this weekend because that's obviously going to leave a hole in some of your rotations. If you don't have uh, certain top-shelf starters that are not going to be pitching in one of their team's first three games. And there there are a few. And uh, who might make for a good ma- uh, good replacement due to their matchup or the venue uh, or what have you. And I also uh, ran out a Twitter poll earlier this morning because there were three starters. I had a very difficult time determining whether or not they'd really be suitable replacements for say a number one or number two starter that you're losing due to the uh, scheduled uh, pitching matchups. So I decided to put that, uh, put that out to the Twitter, the Twitter verse. And uh, I got a result that I didn't entirely expect. So I'm looking forward to sharing that a little bit later on the show. And then also looking ahead to the second half, I'm going to start. And I actually think I mentioned this last week that this is something that I was going to get around to. Uh, I am going to start today. Probably won't finish it today, but that's what Thursday is for. Uh, But I'm going to start looking at some of the players who have really been disappointments, early round picks uh, that have not performed like early round picks. So that's uh, all of what I've got lined up here on the show. So let's uh, start by revisiting the All-Star Game. American League won it in 10 innings, 8-6. to six. Uh, Alex Bregman is your 2018 All-Star Game MVP. He and George Springer led off the 10th inning with back-to-back home runs. So even though uh, the NL did come back in the bottom of the 10th with the Joey Votto solo homer, uh, that essentially was your go-ahead run, was your Alex Bregman leadoff solo homer in the top of the 10th. So he's your MVP. I think you really could have made a case for Gene Segura, <laughs> or in a sense, maybe Joey Votto, and not because he hit the home run, uh, but because uh, Votto had a Gene Segura foul ball that he bobbled and dropped that would have been the third out, and instead Segura uh you know, given a, a second chance, smashed a three-run homer that put the American League up five to two. So that was a pretty critical moment there. Uh, good all, all, excuse me, a good all-around game for uh, Gene Segura. So, I, you know, just like uh, on yesterday's show, I said I can't get really wrapped up in whether or not Bryce Harper and his dad broke the uh, home run derby rules. I can't get too wrapped up about a potential all-star game MVP snub. Just want to give Gene Segura his uh, his due. And also very glad he didn't injure himself because the cameras were on him when he came back to the AL dugout and he was kicking a cooler around, uh, and, and, you know, potentially doing harm to himself. I didn't like to see that. But a uh, lot of home runs in this game, 10 home runs between the two teams in total, smashing the previous record of six. And I have to say, I'm surprised. I mean, six home runs in a game is a lot of home runs. And I can't point to a specific year because, frankly, you know, for the most part, I just don't remember all-star game highlights. But it just seems like I have watched some all-star games where there were a lot of home runs. But, you know, I guess one's idea of a lot of home runs has to be calibrated here (laughs) because there were 10 last night. So quite a lot of them. 
Uh, it's certainly one of the big news items uh, late on Tuesday night and uh, all of today so far on Wednesday is uh, Josh Hader. And not, not his on-the-field performance, but um, uh, after his appearance in the All-Star game, uh, folks on Twitter had uh, been retweeting a bunch of his tweets from back when he was 17 uh, and uh, just uh, frankly a horrific set of tweets that were racist misogynistic, homophobic, uh, and so Hader uh, had to uh, address uh, reporters uh, on Tuesday night and then again uh, uh, here on Wednesday. Uh, MLB issued a statement that uh, said they're going to require Josh Hader to enroll in diversity and inclusion initiatives. However, uh, MLB is not suspending Josh Hader uh, for the tweets. Uh, but, um, yeah, just a... a just a, a bad display uh, on Twitter uh, by Josh Hader. Uh, so um, also related to uh, the All-Star game, Craig Kimbrell did not make an appearance, uh, basically at the behest of his manager, Alex Cora. And there was a piece on uh, WEEI's website early on Monday about how uh, Kimbrell uh, is going to look to have a bigger workload in the second half, so that probably was somewhat intertwined with uh, his manager not wanting him to pitch in the All-Star game. But Kimbrell uh, is going to, or at least the plan is for Kimbrell to make more appearances beginning in the eighth inning. So more than one inning, not necessarily a full eighth and a full, full ninth inning, but you know one inning plus uh, for Craig Kimbrell uh, going forward. And that's uh, you know likely a positive development. I mean, we'll see how he takes to it. It's it's been a good season for Kimbrel so far, uh, and also there've been a lot of struggles, particularly with uh, Joe Kelly, who has not pitched well for I think about a month or so. Uh, so getting the bridge to the uh, to the other side earlier in the game would uh, probably be beneficial for the Red Sox. But the, you know that's probably going to be enhancing to Craig Kimbrel's value with more innings and. So therefore, more counting stats, more more strikeouts in in particular. Uh, if he can again not wear down, then there's the, the the opportunity for him to also help you more with ERA and WHIP as he'll be providing more innings. It's maybe marginal help, but at this point, particularly if you're you're in a tight race, every little bit is going to help. So that's going to be a development that's going to be worth watching for uh, for Craig Kimbrell. So uh, as I mentioned before. Got a Manny Machado update. Got some other news to get to. Uh, but first off here, uh, let's just talk a little bit about rotoexperts.com. Uh, you know the fantasy executive, uh, Corey Parson. He's been on the show. Uh, if you want to win your fantasy football league, just like the fantasy executive, well, you simply must go to the very best source of information that you can find, and that is rotoexperts.com. Uh, senior writer Jake Seeley in particular, it's an undisputable fact that no other fantasy football analyst in the industry is a better player ranker and accuracy expert than the all-in kid. In 2017, Jake Seeley was the number one draft accuracy ranker in the entire industry as verified by fantasypros.com, and he's been a consistent top three ranker throughout his distinguished career. If you want to be with the best, you got to go with the best. So get Jake Seeley's 2018 Fantasy Football Rankings right now in the rotoexperts.com exclusive edge fantasy football package. Uh, enter the promo code WINNER at checkout to get a special discount. 
All right, uh, let's get to Manny Machado. Can't believe I've waited this long to do it. And I'm, I'm frankly, I'm going to do a refresh on my Twitter to make sure I'm up to date here. But what I am seeing right now, the latest, which is really just maybe within the past hour, uh, a tweet from St- uh, Steve Phillips. Uh, yes, the, the former general manager, uh, Steve Phillips, uh, that, uh, you know, as we've been hearing these reports over the last couple of days, that it's on the, you know, the, it's on the 20-yard 20 20-yard 20 line, the 10-yard line, the two-yard line. Um, Steve Phillips uh, just tweeted out a short while ago, there's a possible snag in the Machado deal to the Dodgers, which late last night, early this morning, uh, there were tweets, uh, I believe from several reports, uh, for sure from Ken Rosenthal at The Athletic, saying that this was almost a certainty that's going to happen. But now from Steve Phillips, uh, the, the tweet saying possible snag and Machado deal to Dodgers. Sources indicate one or more of the prospects coming to the Orioles have some issues in their physicals. Surprise, surprise. You were thinking it. I was thinking it. Steve Phillips actually tweeted it. Surprise, surprise. May open the door for other clubs. Stay tuned. And those other clubs probably the head of the line would be the Phillies and the Brewers. Maybe somewhere in there, the Diamondbacks, although the last few days they had been mentioned as not uh, as likely as the uh, the Phillies or the Brewers to get uh, Manny Machado in a trade. So, uh, you know, if you're a Phillies fan or, uh, or a Brewers fan, uh, then uh, you've got uh, possibly some, some new life here. So I don't know any more than that other than what was in the Steve Phillips tweet. What I can tell you uh, is that a report, and this actually, this was not Ken Rosenthal, this was NBC Los Angeles from earlier on Wednesday, uh, that what they reported was the deal agreed upon was going to send Snail Diaz, Dustin May, and Errol Robinson. Now, the first two players I'd seen mentioned in earlier reports, I talked about them in previous episodes, uh, Errol Robinson, that was a new one. Uh, so those three, Diaz, May, and Robinson, going to the Orioles in exchange for Manny Machado, cash, and possibly bonus pool money. So that was the last report I saw before the Steve Phillips report. Uh, Even this tweet from NBC Los Angeles said, still fluid. Uh, So very much so, apparently. But Robinson, uh, an interesting prospect. Uh, He has 16 stolen bases so far this year, AAA. And uh, not, not a bad haul for the Orioles if that were to happen, but uh, at this point, very much up in the air. And I'm not sure which player. Uh, there might have been issues with the, the physicals. And, of course, you know, we've we've uh, seen this movie before more than once with the Baltimore Orioles. So stay tuned, as they say. Uh, Wilson Ramos, as expected, it's been confirmed. He is going on the disabled list uh, before uh, Friday's second-half opener for the Nationals. Uh, he does say that his hamstring is feeling better, but there is no timetable in terms of when Ramos will actually be able to return, according to Mark Topkin of the Tampa Bay Times. Uh, Andrew Miller made a rehab outing with AAA Columbus on Tuesday. He threw a 12-pitch inning, got a couple of strikeouts. So that's very encouraging uh, for Andrew Miller. And as was reported about a day ago, about 24 hours ago, uh, Brad Hand on the radar of the Indians. So if you get uh, an Andrew Miller coming back healthy and at 100% and you got Brad uh, Brad Hand or you know maybe somebody uh you know of his ilk joining him uh that's that's a 
big game changer for the Cleveland Indians. So we'll have to uh, see what's going on with both of those situations, both Andrew Miller's uh, rehab uh, stint and uh, with any negotiations that might be going on to acquire Brad Hand. Uh, Yolanda Cespedes played the Gulf Coast League game on Tuesday, is playing again on Wednesday today, and is starting at first base. So that follows up on a previous report that Cespedes had been taking grounders at first base. Mets are looking at him as the second-half option there uh, in the infield. Uh, And also, uh, Cespedes could return to the Mets as soon as Friday's series opener against the Yankees. So that's certainly one to watch for the next couple of days. It would be nice to be able to get him back in my lineup. Uh, will not be able to use Scott Shebler, though. He was just placed on the disabled list uh, earlier on Wednesday with the shoulder injury that he suffered last weekend on defensive play. Uh, so Scott Shebler to the 10-day DL. And Cardinals will place Miles Michaelis on paternity leave, but he is expected to be back in time to start this Sunday against the Cubs. So I uh, got one more. note. I'm going to save it uh, for after the break. Maybe we'll have some other news as well. So just stick around. We'll wrap up the news, and we'll get into this weekend's rotations. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fancy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fancy Sports Radio Network app. The Fancy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fancy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fancy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm your host, Al Melchior. Thank you for joining me here. Uh, got a few more news items, including an update to something I mentioned in the previous segment. Uh, I've got uh, pitching rotations to talk about with you. i got a Twitter poll with some interesting results. Interesting to me, anyhow. Uh, so lots to come up here. Uh, also, uh, if you missed this, last week on Game Time Decisions, the FNTSY Sports Radio Network awarded Jorge Lorenzo of New York City two tickets to a 2018 World Series game in the DKMS MLB Trivia Challenge. So congratulations to Jorge Lorenzo. But bear in mind that answering trivia questions is not the only way that you can win tickets to the World Series here on FNTSY Sports Radio Network. You can also win by playing in free daily fantasy MLB contests sponsored by DKMS that are held every day that MLB is played. Sadly, unfortunately, today is not one of those days. Tomorrow, however, is, and so is Friday. Uh, anyway, go to dailyrodo.com slash DKMS, where you can find out how you can help to save a life and also win 2018 World Series tickets playing free daily fantasy baseball. The contest will continue every day throughout the regular season, even once football season is well underway. So that's dailyrodo.com slash DKMS, 
It's your ticket to the World Series and also a blood cancer patient's ticket to life. All right, so uh, the aforementioned uh, news update that I have for you, uh, a couple of them actually, Yuena Cespedes in the rehab game uh, that he had uh, today in the Gulf Coast League. Uh, he did play first base, as expected, and also homered. So that bodes well. I, I've not seen anything definitive about him returning to the Mets on Friday, but it certainly looks good. Uh, but again, we'll have to track that over the next couple of days and see if we can uh, start Yuena Cespedes this week in our fantasy lineups. And the one other uh, item I wanted to get to, which provides a nice segue into um, some analysis of weekend rotations, is that Steven Strasburg is going to be activated off the DL, and he is scheduled to start Friday against the Atlanta Braves. Uh, and then the Nationals will uh, round that out by starting Gio Gonzalez on Saturday and Max Scherzer on Sunday. So uh, good stuff there uh, for uh, Steven Strasburg and his fantasy owners. All right. So, uh, yeah, earlier uh, today, pre preparing for the show, I took a look at which teams had filled out their rotations uh, through the end of the weekend. And uh, I've seen projections for, uh, for a number of teams, uh, but I'm just going here with the ones that uh, actually have been confirmed on, on MLB.com. Uh, I find that to be... Uh, uh, pretty or not just a pretty a very reliable source. Um, so I'm gonna use that as my source here. And uh, bear in mind that I'm just looking at the rotations that have been set through Sunday. Uh, that you know that said, uh, pretty much every team has named at least one starter for the weekend. Um, but we're uh, you know we're just gonna focus on the ones that we know for sure. And the reason for that is because then we will know for sure. Uh, which starters definitely won't be starting this weekend uh, to kind of get you geared up for setting your lineups for the weekend and knowing who you might have to uh, make make accommodations to replace. So we'll start uh, with the Blue Jays and against the Orioles uh, at Rogers Center. They're going with Sam Gavilio on Friday, Marcus Stroman on Saturday, and J-Hap on Sunday. So not much uh, adjusting there that you need to do. Uh, so again, Gavilio, Gavilio, Stroman, and Hap against the Orioles. Uh, now here's where uh, we have uh, a rotation that uh, gives us something interesting to deal with. Uh, David Price is going to start the second half opener for the Red Sox at Detroit. And then we'll have Brian Johnson on Saturday. Chris Sale on Sunday. So that means no Rick Porcello this weekend. So you're not, uh, no point, uh, unless you're just setting your lineup for the next week and a half, for the extended week. Uh, if it's if it's just, however, for the three days ahead, uh, no Rick Porcello. Uh, the Tigers are not going to be starting Jordan Zimmerman this weekend against the Red Sox. That's going to spare you a dilemma because Zimmerman has gone very, very well towards the end of the first half. Uh, but that's a tough matchup, so you'll be spared that one who you will have an option to start is Matt Boyd, who really ended the first half with a thud. I'm going to talk about that in a little bit more detail in just a minute. Uh, so Matt Boyd's going to start on Friday against the Red Sox. Uh, Mike Fires, who's been pitching well, going to go on Saturday. And Michael Fulmer closing that series out on Sunday. So let's talk a little bit about Matt Boyd. 
Uh, talked a lot about him in the first couple of months of the season, and for good reason. Now, he appeared to be having a breakout campaign over his first 10 starts. Boyd pitched 57 innings uh, and gave up just three home runs. Uh, it's just, you know, think about that in this day and age where um, a home run every nine innings is actually considered a pretty good ratio. And if you go back, you know, two, three years, it was not. So that's where we're at with home runs. And miraculously, Matt Boyd allowed three home runs in 57 innings over his first 10 starts of the season. And there's not much mystery in terms of whether or not that was legit because uh, he was, uh, during that period, if not the leader, certainly among the leaders in reducing average fly ball distance, he held fly balls to an average distance of 286 feet, which is really remarkable because anything pretty much under about 310 is really good and really notable. And that mark was 286 feet. So Boyd really, you know, not that he was bad for strikeouts, uh, you know, not like he that, that he was somebody that you had to target just merely because, uh, you know, he could finesse hitters into, uh, you know, hitting bad pitches and making uh, low quality contact. But, you know, the fact that that was a part of what he, he was bringing to the table really made him worth starting. But the thing is, you know, right around the time, but when people started really catching on to this and you know he was gaining popularity uh started to turn on him and uh his last nine starts so this is you know almost exactly half and half here his nine most recent starts um and actually I apologize I may not have that I uh have an error in my notes so uh I'm not sure that's the right number of starts but the the uh after from his 11th start of the season on forward Probably not nine starts. I just, frankly, made a typing error in my notes. Uh, but from his 11th start on forward, he pitched 41 and a third innings and gave up nine home runs. So he went from this incredibly pristine ratio of one home run almost every 20 innings, which is just spectacular, to giving up nine home runs in 41 innings. Um, so uh, quite quite the turnaround. And yet, if I go back to the same stat that I used to back up what he did in his first 10 starts, it's a bit of a head-scratcher because the average fly ball distance allowed by Matt Boyd from start number 11 on forward, 312 feet. Yes, 312 is much greater than 286. I have done the math. (laughs) But as I also said before, anything that's really like 310 or below, maybe 305, 305, but really 310 even is pretty notably good. Um, He's just above that. So basically, Matt Boyd did not become a bad pitcher in terms of allowing a lot of hard, damaging contact on fly balls. Uh, it's just a lot of them happen to leave the yard. So I don't have the, an answer to this. Um, what I, I do know is that with Boyd getting a start against the Red Sox, there is no way that I'm starting him this week, this weekend. Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, between the recent track record. And the matchup, I am staying away from Matt Boyd. But think about it this way, that there's some reason to doubt the sustainability of how bad he's been in his recent starts, that maybe uh, he is due for much, much better performances ahead. And if that shows up in his start against the Red Sox, personally, that's going to give me a lot more confidence in Matt Boyd. So just, you know, it's, it's really a wait-and-see scenario for Matt Boyd. Quite literally, you do not want to start him. 
I don't think. I don't want to start him. Uh, but you certainly want to watch how he does on Friday against the Boston Red Sox. Moving on, uh, Miami Marlins, you've got Dan Straley, Pablo Lopez, and Trevor Richards against the Rays. Uh, also taking a wait-and-see approach with Staley, Astra- Straley, uh, <laughs> I mean to say Straley, Dan Straley and Pablo Lopez. Uh, his last start, Lopez, uh, got off to a terrible start, but then finished really strong. He's been getting the swings and misses, uh, coming off a very good minor league campaign. Straley pitching better of late, still very skeptical of his ability to keep the ball in the yard. So I'll certainly watch those two against the Rays, but won't start either one. And by the way, I do own, this is not a hypothetical, I do own Pablo Lopez in the Scott White Dynasty League, which is a deep 24-team mixed league, and I'm not going to start Lopez there this weekend. Uh, Likewise, the uh, Rays, we've got their we sort of have the rotation. This is the one exception I'm making to having all three starters because it's the Rays and a TBD to me just means a bullpen day. So that's probably a situation where you're probably not looking to target a, a Rays pitcher anyway. Um, I'm not sure who would be slated for the long relief duty in that one. Uh, and I'm not sure that that's been determined yet. But in the opener against the Marlins, we've got Nathan Valdi, And on Sunday, we've got Chris Archer. So, yep, you can get Chris Archer into your rotation this weekend. Marlins are a uh, they're a nice uh, matchup. Might not necessarily be optimal for strikeouts for either Evaldi or Archer, but I think both are, are going to be worth starting. Now, here's an interesting one. The Reds, they've got uh, the Pirates at home, and uh, their scheduled starters are going to be Tyler Maley, Anthony Desclafani and Matt Harvey. I'm not really buying into the Matt Harvey renaissance. The uh, peripherals have not been that great. Desclafani, uh, I'm, I'm still kind of waiting on him to show something a little better than what we've seen so far. But Tyler Maley, I talked about him in great detail about a week or so ago, actually started him in a daily lineup league, and that was the game against the Indians where he just got clobbered. And if you listened, uh, actually it was a week ago today because it was when we had Drew Dinkmeyer on for our Wednesday DFS DFS segment. Obviously, today, Wednesday, no games, no DFS segment. But on the most recent one we had, he said, you know, this is a bad matchup for Tyler Maley because of all the lefties that are in the Indians lineup. And, and Maley got just absolutely clobbered. But the Pirates don't have, uh, they, they certainly they have some lefties in their lineup, but nobody too dangerous that that's going to, you know, I think that should prevent you from starting Maley. And we'll talk about him again in, in a little bit. Uh, Braves, this is one that's definitely of interest to me because we've had uh, Anibal Sanchez really emerge as a comeback player this year. Uh, and we've had with his cutter, uh, we've had Sean Newcomb, who has really slumped badly of late, and Mike fulton who I think is practically must start, almost literally completely must start. But they do get the Washington Nationals. That's kind of a tough matchup. And uh, so, yeah, you've got uh, that, that, that actually how the rotation is going to line up. Anibal Sanchez on Friday, Sean Newcomb on Saturday, Mike fulton on Sunday. Uh, so I feel good about starting Fulte again. Like I just said, he's practically must start, so I don't worry about the matchup. Uh, no Julio Tehran, though. No Julio Tehran. Uh, he's a bit of a dicey proposition anyway, but if you were thinking about it, you're spared the dilemma. Uh, you're not spared the dilemma with Sean Newcomb, though, with that Saturday start. But just uh, to remind you, in three starts in the month of July, he has a 9.75 ERA. He has only gotten swings and misses on 6% of his pitches. That is not good. 
and uh, he's thrown strikes on only 56% of his pitches. That is just outright terrible. And for somebody who has had some uh, history with walks and with control, it worries me even more for Newcomb than it would some other pitcher, most likely. So I'm definitely avoiding Sean Newcomb this week. And, of course, uh, just to reiterate, no Julio Tehran. Uh, the Minnesota Twins are going to go with Kyle Gibson on Friday against the Royals at Kansas City. Lance Lynn on Saturday. Jake Odorizzi on Sunday. No all-star Jose Barrios in this one. So, yep, go ahead. Start Gibson. Looks like a good matchup. I like the matchup for Odorizzi, actually. He's somebody I probably, if I had him, would bench more than I'd start him. Uh, but I like him for, for this one. Uh, but, yeah, you're going to need somebody to replace Jose Barrios. And for the Royals, we do have their rotation. And this one also, I think, uh, poses uh, some interesting dilemmas. So you got Danny Duffy, uh, who's just been sensational lately, going to start on Friday. Jake Junis uh, going to start on Saturday. And I make kind of an interesting discovery with him that I'll mention in a moment. And then Brad Keller, who um, just got uh, roughed up on Sunday, uh, against the White Sox, and he's going to pitch. Actually, I don't remember if it was Sunday. He will be pitching this Sunday uh, against the Minnesota Twins. So talk a little bit about uh, each of these guys, actually. So Duffy, over his last seven starts, has really picked up the pace with strikeouts. Uh, he also has a 2.66 ERA uh, over the last seven starts, 49 Ks and 44 innings. However, does have 19 walks, so there is a blemish there for Duffy. Not been giving up the home run, which is good because that's typically a danger with him. Uh, and backing up that strikeout rate is a 13% whiff rate. So um, in terms of an explanation for it, not exactly clear. He saw a bit of a um, velocity uptick, but that really preceded the seven-start streak. And then over the last five starts, he's been throwing his curveball more. Uh, or I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, no, that's right. But throw the curveball more. Uh, at an 18% rate. And on the year, though, he's got a good but not a great 11% swinging strike rate on the curveball. Uh, doesn't throw it for strikes a whole lot, but does get a lot of swings on it out of the zone. So you put that all together. I'm not, I don't have a clear explanation, explanation for why Duffy has been able to get the swings and misses, uh, but he just has and has been doing it over an extended period. So I do like him against uh, the Twins this weekend. And um, Jake Junis, I, no, I don't like him right now. Gives up way too many home runs. But I noticed that he, he he's doing something that's not that easy to do, which is that he's a pitcher who throws a lot of strikes, and pitchers who throw a lot of strikes, uh, a lot of strikes, as you would expect, get a lot of swings. And yet he's somebody who really has been able to get a lot of freezes on pitches in the strike zone. Um, but get a lot of swings uh, on pitches that are out of the strike zone. So really a disproportionate share of those pitches that he's getting those swings on are actually the ones that aren't in the strike zone. That's a really good trait, but unfortunately he just gives up way too many home runs. So Jake Junis is something I'm going to be watching pretty closely in the second half. And as for Keller, uh, I'm, I'm giving him a mulligan on that White Sox start because he didn't give up a whole lot of car, uh, hard contact. I think he just got babbipped. Uh, like crazy. His average exit velocity off of his uh, hit balls against the White Sox was below 80 miles an hour. 
So that's, you know, and that's not only in line with what Keller has done this year and getting a lot of soft contact, that's actually even better than what he's done. So I'm sort of undecided about Keller. But that brings us to the Twitter poll that I'm going to talk about on the other side of this break. A number of pitchers that are kind of hard to figure out whether or not to start this weekend. I'll get to those as well as some other rotations and some hitters that uh, need to bounce back in the second half. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm your host, Al Melchior. Thank you for joining me here. I started working my way through the rotations, at least uh, for those teams that have announced their rotations through Sunday. Got a few more teams to get to. Got a Twitter poll to go over with you and uh, help you and maybe help me set our rotations uh, for the weekend. And uh, take a look ahead with some hitters who really disappointed in the first half and see if there are signs that they could do better in the second half. So all that coming up. Normally, this would be a DFS Wednesday. Uh, Of course, no games on the schedule uh, for this week, for this Wednesday. However, if you enjoy playing Daily Fantasy Sports, but you are sick of dealing with the professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups, ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches, and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can elect an option to receive a 50% deposit bonus with a rollover requirement. No more dealing with late lineup scratches, no experts to compete against, just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag. Enter the promo code FNTSY upon sign-up and choose your matchups using the Props Builder tool. And one more time, that's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. All right, so we got through a whole bunch of these rotations. Uh, So just to recap where we've been, no Jose Barrios, no uh, Julio Tehran, no Jordan Zimmerman, no Rick Porcello this weekend, uh, not scheduled. Um, we've got a few more that you need to know about. Uh, not on the Rangers, though. Uh, it's going to be Martin Perez, Bartolo Colon, and uh, Cole Hamels Friday, Saturday, Sunday against Cleveland Indians. You've got a Bay Area series with the Giants and the A's. For the Giants, uh, we've got uh, Derek Rodriguez, Mass Bumgarner, and Jody Cueto going. Uh, I personally, by the way, would avoid Rodriguez this weekend. Uh, I love him at home. Uh, but uh, not not that Oakland's uh, you know a, a super tough venue in terms of avoiding uh, extra base hits, and it's got the nice big foul territory too, which can help a pitcher. But uh, that that's just a scary lineup. So I would avoid uh, Derek Rodriguez. Um, so there you go. And uh, for the Astros, they've got the Angels in in Anaheim. Uh, it's going to be Dallas Keuchel on Friday, Justin Verlander on Saturday. 
Lance McCullers on Sunday. So you can do with the Astros, no matter how they line this one up, there were going to be a couple of pitchers that you were going to be bummed out about not using this weekend. So uh, the odd men out are Garrett Cole and Charlie Morton. So just be aware of that. Those are two big ones to be aware of. Moving on, the White Sox are going to go with James Shields on Friday, Dylan Covey on Saturday, and Ronaldo Lopez on Sunday at Seattle. Seattle has their rotation for the series as well. It's going to be um, uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, it's going to be Wade LeBlanc, and I just uh, I you know I was stuck on Matt LeBlanc there. I knew it wasn't Matt LeBlanc. I knew it wasn't David Schwimmer either, or for that matter Matthew Perry. But no, it's Wade LeBlanc on Friday, Felix Hernandez on Saturday, and Marco Gonzalez on Sunday. And White Sox generally a really good matchup for just about everybody except for Brad Keller, apparently. Uh, but I like this a lot for Wade LeBlanc and for Marco Gonzalez. Um, really nice matchup for them. Uh, you've got Mets Yankees. We got both of those rotations out for the Mets. It's going to be uh, Syndergaard, Mats, and DeGrom Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yankees are not going to go with uh, Luis Severino. So that's the last one of this handful of pitchers that you would normally start that you should not start this weekend. No Luis Severino. It's going to be Domingo Herman opening it up on Friday, Sunny Gray on Saturday, Masahiro Tanaka on Sunday. So there you go. Those, those are all the rotations that have been set through Sunday. Uh, so again, just to recap, no Porcello, Jordan Zimmerman, Julio Tehran, Jose Brios, uh, Garrett Cole, Charlie Morton, Luis Severino. So you need some replacements. And I mentioned I like both LeBlanc and Gonzalez for the Mariners against the White Sox. I also mentioned earlier I really like Tyler Maley a lot against the Pirates. So that's a nice matchup for him. But then there were three other starters I was really on the fence about. So I thought, well, let's see how the Twitter public feels about this. And uh, so the question here is, um, if you could use no more than one which of the following starters would you use this weekend in 15-team mixed roto? So these are actually probably easier calls in, say, 12-team mixed. But uh, the three starters that are on the bubble for me are Domingo Herman uh, at home versus the Mets, Brad Keller in that start against the Twins, and again, I'm giving him a mulligan for the White Sox start, and Anibal Sanchez, who, for me, among the three of them, Herman, Keller, Sanchez, Anibal Sanchez is, has been by far the most reliable. I mean, he's been good. He's been consistently good. Unfortunately, he's got the toughest start of the three. So I thought this was kind of a tough question. And I actually thought Sanchez would probably win this one. I thought it'd be pretty close between him and Herman. It was not. Oh, I also gave people a none of the above option. I was actually surprised to see that only 6% voted none of the above. But 81% said, yep, go ahead and start Domingo Herman against the Mets. And, you know, a few people chimed in in the, in the comments and said, you know, the Mets are a great matchup for everybody or, uh, you know, I'd, I'd take a pitching machine against the Mets or you know, something like that. And I get it. And, and that was, you know, that's why it's a dilemma for me because, in fact, I think I talked about it on Tuesday's show that in my Atnu league, I had to do something of a just a a spring cleaning in the middle of the summer for the back end of my pitching staff because there were just a whole bunch of starters there that I knew I was never ever going to use. And Domingo Herman was one of them. He's just he gives up too many home runs. He's got 
uh, a tough enough schedule there in the AL East, tough venues, including his home venue. And I just knew that the, the times I was going to use Domingo Herman were going to be far, uh, few and far between. So I dumped him in that, in that league, which is a, a deep league. And uh, 81% though say that they would rather start Domingo Herman than Brad Keller or Anibal Sanchez, uh, and even a better option than none of the above. So I, f- I found that very surprising. So I was, again, I was on the fence uh, with that one. I understand the allure of the Mets matchup, um, but I do have them in, still in some other leagues, and I'll, ha- I'll have to make that decision. And then, uh, yeah, I'm on the fence about Anibal Sanchez against the Nats. Uh, I'm pretty much to the point where I'm not too worried about matchups with him. I think I would lean towards starting Sanchez this weekend. And Keller, uh, boy, that's tough. That's really tough. And it depends on format, too, because he's not going to be somebody that's going to give you strikeouts uh, pretty much no matter what. But I, I do trust him to get a lot of soft contact, go pretty deep into starts, not generally give up very many runs. But uh, I think probably I'm going to take a wait-and-see approach with Brad Keller this weekend. But I'm not totally decided on any of the three. So anyway, thank you uh, for those of you who did participate in the poll. Very interesting results to me, I got to say. So uh, let's uh, move ahead from uh, move on from the pitchers to looking at some hitters. And uh, my intention was to spend some time during the break looking at some hitters who were drafted early, first five, six rounds, who have not made anything close to a return on what people invested on them, uh, in them, uh, in in their drafts and auctions, and see if there were some some promising signs. I did write about one of these players, and that's Jose Abreu. Uh, I wrote a piece for Fantrax that went up on Tuesday uh, just a handful of players who are good sources of batting average for the second half. Look primed to hit for a high average if that's a category that you need help with. So Abreu, to me, looks like a fantastic buy-low candidate. Uh, in the first half, uh, even though, again, the, the results in actuality were not what you hoped for and not what you expected given where you, you had to draft him, uh, he, uh, going into the break, is batting just two fifty three with a 187 ISO. His batting average, uh, his expected batting average in the first half was 289, which is totally in his wheelhouse where he's been or better over uh, each year of his career. So I certainly buy into Abreu as a bounce-back candidate for batting average, and he's searched for power in the second half each of the last two seasons. I don't think that that's a, a slam dunk. That means, oh, well, he did it in 16 and 17. He's going to do it in 18. But, you know, uh, just said, I think it's more the point that uh, Jose Abreu has been very consistent in his career. There is some precedent for him being a little streaky and uneven, and I don't see any reason why he shouldn't return to form in the second half. Not specifically because he did it the last two years, but just because I just think that over the long haul, he's going to put up the stats that he's put up before. So yeah, I like Jose Abreu a lot as a buy low. But in going through these disappointing players, I actually was surprised how many are first basemen, and I know it's been a lousy year for first basemen, and a lot of the early round first basemen have been very disappointing. But I was surprised that there weren't more players at other positions uh, that were disappointing. I mean, it's this is really going to be sort of a lopsided segment in terms of first basemen. Uh, but I will get to some other positions as well. But let's let's continue on here with some first basemen. 
uh, Cody Bellinger. All the indicators look good except for one that's really important to us, and that's uh, the power. I mean, his ISO is way down this year. Um, home run rate uh, related to that, of course, way behind where he was in his rookie season. And his um, low-quality contact, and I'm, I'm going to go back to uh, some categories from the xstats.org website that I often use on this show, but just in case uh, you haven't listened in a while or you're new to the show and you're wondering what I'm talking about, uh, xstats goes a level beyond where a lot of other sites go in terms of not just talking about line drives, fly balls, and, and ground balls, but you know breaking it down to different types of ground balls, different types of fly balls, different types of line drives uh, that are typically better or worse uh, in terms of production. And pretty much the two worst kinds of balls that you can hit in terms of the expected production on them are dribblers, really soft grounders, soft, um, low launch angle, especially low launch angle grounders, dribblers, and pop-ups. You know, pretty much automatic outs. Um, Both of those indicators are up for Cody Bellinger this year. So there's just been way too much low-quality contact for Bellinger. So that's a bit concerning, particularly for a player in his second year. And I talked on yesterday's show about how I probably overspent for Reese Hoskins this year. Just spending too much based on half a season's production. Uh, but actually, um, I'm, I'm even less encouraged for Cody Bellinger than I am for Reese Hoskins. Uh, that's a concerning thing to me, that he's hitting too many dribblers and too many pop-ups. Now, as far as Hoskins goes, yeah, there are some concerning things for him as well. His uh, average exit velocity on fly balls is down a bit from last year. His average fly ball distance is way down from 338 feet uh, a year ago, which is incredible, down to 317 feet this year. And as I mentioned be- before, anything that's 310 or below is really low. He's not that far from that territory. So, yeah, there are some legitimate reasons to be concerned about Reese Hoskins and to be concerned that maybe uh, this is more indicative of, of who he's going to be over long haul as opposed to what he did at the end of last season. Now, we understandably have lumped Reese Hoskins in with Matt Olson because they came up around the same time. They both wildly exceeded expectations in the second half of last year. But boy, what a difference in outlook between Reese Hoskins and Matt Olson. First of all, uh, Matt Olson is pulling the ball less often this year, which probably probably does account for some of the downturn in power. Uh, although I'll get to that in a minute because I'm not that concerned about the power. But it does mean that he is probably getting ripped off on batting average, and his expected batting average is 265, which I would happily take for Matt Olson. Now, um, in terms of the positive things in regard to power, he is hitting hard drives, which are the highest quality contact, highest quality category of contact that xstats.org measures. He's hitting those more frequently this year and hitting fewer dribblers. So he should be getting more base hits on ground balls, and more extra base hits in particular uh, when he lofts the ball. So lots of good indicators for Matt Olson. I am absolutely going to target him in the next couple of days and try to see if I can do a buy low on him. Anthony Rizzo is a little bit more of a mixed bag. This actually be the last first baseman uh, that I talk about because, like I said, we've got some other positions to cover as well. Uh, his hard drive rate is down quite a bit from 12% 
which is roughly average, to well below average at 9%. However, remember, he started off the year with the bad back, and there was a lot of cold weather. So he had a bad March and April. What's a little bit concerning for me is that after a very reassuring May and June for Anthony Rizzo, he has not produced much in July. So I actually got a fantastic Twitter question earlier today. I'm sorry I don't have it in front of me, and I don't remember off the top of my head, so I can't give credit. But the question was, who would I rather have rest of season, Abreu or Rizzo? I clearly preferred Rizzo to Abreu going into this year. But I think there's enough warning signs there with Rizzo. I actually would give a little bit of an edge to Abreu, who, like Rizzo, going into this year, had been incredibly consistent. So uh, I have a slight concern for Anthony Rizzo. All right, uh, a few more players to get through here. Uh, Marcelo Zuna has clearly been a disappointment. Uh, He looked bound for some regression after just a a surprisingly good 2017. His batted profile, batted ball profile, looks a lot like his did two years ago, but he's actually performing much worse than that. So I think Marcelo Zuna is going to make a partial rebound in the second half. Uh, Tommy Pham, he's just not seeing as many pitches in the zone to hit. I think that's at least a partial explanation for him. Uh, so that's, you know, something that he's going to have to show that he can adjust to, uh, Elvis Andrews, uh, you know, coming back from just a brutal injury, a uh, fractured elbow, but he's just hitting a lot of ground balls. So, uh, you know, I'm going to have to see some sustained change in that trend to feel good about him and, and maybe pursue him, uh, in some leagues. Jonathan Scope, just a lot of weak contact this year, so I'm not very encouraged by him. And probably one of the players that I've, I've found the most puzzling and that I was very high on uh, relative to the rest of the industry, Andrew McCutcheon. Uh, and I think he's a good buy, buy low. Uh, I know the, the power's down. People worried about him in the Giants lineup, which hasn't been good. People worry about AT&T Park. Some legitimate concerns. But his uh, ratio of balls that have been poorly hit is way down from last year. So I got to think that I'm not, I really don't have a good explanation for why McCutcheon hasn't been a better hitter in the first half. But I think he looks almost like a lock to do much better in the second half. So the leagues where I own them, I'm going to stick with them. And some leagues where I don't own Andrew McCutcheon, I might look to go get him. So anyways, hope you found that helpful. Uh, I will be back tomorrow. Uh, not no Thursday. And a game on the schedule, lots to be excited about. So hope to see you here, same time, same channel tomorrow. Uh, Enjoy a night uh, somehow without baseball. Have a good one, everybody.